0: You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 138. Today, I'm sitting down with Coach Miguel Aragoncillo to talk about the simple, straightforward path to success. Are you ready? Let's get started. What's up, coach? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson, and I've got a super awesome episode in store for you today. So if this is your first time hanging out with me, thank you so much for pushing play. Let's go ahead and dive in. Today, I'm super pumped to bring to you Miguel Aragoncillo, who is a strength coach and licensed massage therapist, as well as the founder of The Performance Cipher, a private performance and athletic company. He's based in Massachusetts, previously worked at Cressy Sports Performance from 2014 to 2018, followed by another private performance and physical therapy training facility from 2018 to 2021. In both regions, he performed performance and movement assessment for athletes of all ages, ranging from youth through adult professionals. When working with athletes and clients of all skill levels, he prioritizes ensuring that quality movement is pursued along with optimal exercise selection for each individual. Miguel holds a certified strength and conditioning specialist certification through the national strength and conditioning association and health fitness specialist certification through the American college of sports medicine. He received his bachelor's in kinesiology with a concentration in exercise science from Temple University in Philadelphia. And today on this episode, he shares with us his journey from breakdancing all the way to building his own business. And he shares with us the lessons, some of the important skills that he acquired along the way and gives you some tools to leverage your own strength and conditioning business practice. So without further ado, let's go ahead and roll that interview. What's up, Miguel? Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you?
1: Thank you. I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Pretty cold, but good otherwise.
0: (laughs) It is cold. We're both, Oh, we were just talking before I hit record. We're both in the East Coast. It's freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Miguel, for those of you who have not or those of us rather who have not had the pleasure of your work, I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about who you are, who you serve and how you got there.
1: Yeah, so my name is Miguel Aragoncillo. Uh, I've been in the industry for just about 10, 11 years, which is crazy to say out loud, isn't it? a little crazy uh, and uh, mm-hmm. just because it happens so fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, people I serve is, is everybody, right? I, I work with a lot of people, a lot of individuals, um, ranging population wise, at least, you know, working with youth athletes. I work with youth athletes in one setting. The youngest I've worked with is like 10 to like oh. 19, all the way to professional athletes as well. So, you know, 20, 22, 30, all the, all the way up to 30s, so obviously, the veteran athletes more or less. And, and then that's like where my mind usually travels with who I want to work with uh, for a majority of my time. But, uh, you know, in terms of paying the bills and paying, putting the lights on, you got to uh, work with everybody. So I work with uh, a handful of individuals, general uh, population as we like to call it, or just people who just want to you know, live life and move well and not be in pain. So th- those are the individuals I work with. Um, I, I have two hats that I wear, massage therapist, spaniel therapist, and uh, coach slash trainer, strength coach slash trainer. So I do a little bit of both. Uh, if anything, I'd say I'm about uh, 70 70 30 60 40 manual therapy and training now so it used to be like the other way around where it was more uh you know 80 20 strength coach and then manual therapy but then uh certain things change and certain individuals reach out more and then other people keep on hearing about me so i keep on reaching out to other individuals and they reach out to me and and then sure enough it kind of flips on its own which is just an organic way that it happens so
0: How'd yeah. you get into the industry? What brought you to what brought you to manual therapy and strength right.
1: training? So manual therapy was like the last part that kind of happened. The the thing that kind of brought me into the industry was uh, you know, I, I had a um going all the way back to high school and uh college, I, I didn't do well in sports. I had the kind of the opposite uh story that a lot of uh current trainers and coaches have. They typically individuals I can just lay it out for you right now, they typically play some for um, some sort of high school sport try to play in college or they do play in college or they even make it pro in some capacity uh in baseball typically it's you know minor leagues or or even higher uh for sure that happens uh and then due to you know not getting called back etc they go into coaching that's typically the the route that a lot of individuals go Uh, for me it was the opposite I didn't do well in sports I, I did pretty bad I didn't have good coordination growing up. I didn't like running, so I didn't do well in soccer. I've been pretty short my whole life, so basketball was out of the equation. It's just like all the things that typically, you know, basketball, football, soccer, baseball. I got hit in the mouth when I played baseball when I was like 12, so I was like, all right, I'm done. It wasn't very fun. Um, Usually people kind of bounce back. Baseball?
0: That's like not a contact sport. I'm surprised.
1: (laughs) Oh, I was, was, yeah. I was fielding a ball. It hit a bump in in the, the dirt, and then hit me in the mouth. And I also had braces on. So that was like pretty traumatizing. So mm-hmm. that was not fun. I was like 12. I was like, okay, I'm done. And then uh, after that, you know, I said to myself, I, I still have to keep up with my friends. All my other mm-hmm. friends are like, pretty good soccer, pretty good at this, pretty good at that. But I was like, not making teams, I was getting cut. So I was like, what else can I do? So in this kind of, uh, you know, looking back and telling this story so many times on different podcasts, you know, I find out that I'm still pretty stubborn. I'm pretty stubborn of an individual. So I I literally teach myself how to break dance. I look up videos online before YouTube was even a thing, really, it's like YouTube was just starting. You had to like wait, you had to click the video to download it and then watch the video of people dancing. So it took like an hour and a half for something to download. So that was aging me, if anything, and... Uh, <laughs> I had to figure out how to dance is where, where it was because at its essence, formal sports, you have a coach telling you what to do, telling you if you made the team certain rules and practices with dance, especially on my own. I can go whenever I can practice in my garage. I can uh, not have anybody yell at me. I can just be my own kind of uh, control there. I can, I can control what I, I can do for myself. So that kind of led the, you know, laid the foundation for what I begun to do from high school, all the way to college i started uh I, I organized and formalized a dance uh i guess we can call it a dance crew or dance team at at temple university it's still going today um there wasn't one before because everybody was getting kicked out of hallways because if you didn't have a permit for a certain location like a hall or classroom you would get kicked out uh that, that was happening happening way too much so i said all right let's let's create something formal so people after me can just still have some type of a formality when they go about and you know train and, and dance etc because one of the biggest things is finding a space to dance finding just an open space without hitting anything without bothering anyone so that's what i wanted to do for my college then now it begins i was like okay i'm done college i gotta pay the bills my friends in dance they're getting really good i'm getting kind of good but in order to advance i had to practice more and more Sort of dangerous moves, head spins, neck hurts, pulled groins, stuff like shoulders. It's like really just quite if you've ever seen any dance videos online, you, you understand.
0: Breakdancing is so intense. It's like the, the the physical demand on your oh, body yeah. is unreal, and what is so surprising to me, so I have a musical theater background, so um. I'm familiar with the performing lifestyle. And what is so what is so interesting to me is that these performers are athletic people, but they are not treated like Mm -hmm. they are athletes, but if you get into professional, even not, even if it's, you know, community theater or community Mm -hmm. break dancing world, it's the demand on the body is still the same and yet nobody really treats it that way. So this is fascinating. I had no idea this was your background. Okay, oh yeah. so keep going. So So now you're like, okay, I can't do this.
1: I kept on getting hurt, but I still wanted to dance, right? So that was like, Mm -hmm. I was like 21, fresh out of college but my friends who were dancing still and maybe whether or not they graduated college or they you know moved on to other realms of their life uh these individuals they, they're like the one percent of the one percent like made it in the context of like competitions or they even made it on tv when like America's Best Dance Crew was still a thing yeah it's probably still a thing but I don't know if it is as prevalent you know all those other sorts of dance shows those are the 1% of the 1%. Like people aspire to be that because then you get to go on like Las Vegas and you get to perform with artists and all that stuff. How many people get to do that? You know, like 10 people out of the world. So mm-hmm. with that being said, like that's not very realistic despite me already not being realistic with, with my, where my journey is already leading me. So I said to myself, let me just start training people because I, I just like the physical demands, number one. And number two, I just didn't want to do a office desk job. That was Mm -hmm. just like a big thing. I just didn't want that. I just knew I didn't want to do that. So that's the the entry point for my fitness journey, if you will. I I often think about that in that context, like what is somebody's entry point, whether it's as a job or getting into fitness, that's kind of like a big kind of like a stepping point for me or platform. So that's basically how I started, but where it gets where i'm started where i started to where i'm going now or where i am now that's kind of a big big gap again so there's mm-hmm. a really big gap there um i i do a lot of reading online i'm sure you're familiar with at least some of these names like bodybuilding.com and t nation and all these kind of like not muscle head but it's just like a lot of catering towards the lifting kind of individual right um they were like at the time it was quote unquote, like the golden era, where a lot of people were writing really smart stuff, but also catering towards like powerlifting and just lifting in general. I'm like, wow, this is unlike anything I've ever had in in class or school. So I read a couple articles <clears throat> more than a couple articles. I read a handful of articles. Um, so this this goes to like the resource, the re- the resourcefulness that I've had in the context of searching, you know, from like when I was twelve looking up breakdancing clips online. So I just applied that same thought process. Like, let me just search far and wide for strength conditioning information. Like, what is this industry? What is different than just personal training? Um, it's it's very adjacent, but it's it's different nonetheless. So I started reading this individual's name, his, his articles. His name is Eric Cressy. And I was like, okay, he's about five, six hours north of me. Everybody else is like in California, like looking good out in the sun all the time. But I was like, okay. <laughs> Like I didn't have that much money. To, like I was fresh out of college. I had loans and such. and I'm like, let me let me figure out how to go go to an individual that's like a source or the source in my general location. So I applied for an internship, got in eventually, was actually rejected the first time. My, my story is filled with a lot of rejections and failures. And then after that, I got in, did the best I could, the same the mentality that I had during my internship. Uh, was essentially this is like your one chance to make an impression on somebody who is somebody because right now I'm generally not a nobody but I'm unknown at the moment I'm very young I'm just, I just said yes to everything that was a, a general thought process somebody asked me I just said yes hey you want to wake up at 5 30 a.m and do a boot camp class for the all the clients sure yeah um, and just kind of jumping at different opportunities yeah because boot camp was not the the crowd that the strength conditioning community generally caters to is more for general population, right? So you kind of find out where certain individuals can kind of like how they try different things. You, I saw a lot of cool stuff at at Cresty Sports Performance. Mm-hmm. I saw how they tried new new things, trying boot, boot camps for individuals, trying different uh, offerings, different service. It's just a lot of experimentation, something you don't see too often because once an individual finds their niche they don't typically try to stray away from it.
0: Well, I always say complacency is where dreams go to die. I mean, you know, you're never going to get to that next level unless you get uncomfortable.
1: And that was like the whole point of me being there. Like I didn't know anybody when I first moved to Massachusetts. I knew zero people, uh, just had to like make new friends and then figure out what I'm going to do afterwards. So fast forward to the end of that internship. And you know, I hope I made a good impression, but I didn't get offered anything. Nothing was guaranteed to begin with. So I moved back home and I started juggling like four part-time jobs. Um, uh, you know, writing articles, doing stuff online with some people, like one or two at the time. Personal training in person. It's just a lot of juggling, right? I'm sure that's not too unfamiliar with many many of us nowadays after all the 2020 year. So I get hired eventually. About a year Back at Cressy's. She- Yeah, they gave me a call in between when I was working. And I was like, they never call me. I was literally working. I was like working with somebody over there. And I was like, looking at my phone, I said, they never call me. Let me see if I can answer it on speaker while I'm working with these individuals. So I I answered and they said, okay, do you want a job? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) I said it like it once because I was juggling four part time jobs. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty easy kind of ask. And I was still relatively young. I still am obviously, but um younger for sure. So long story short, I worked there for four and a half years. It was awesome. Um, did a lot of awesome things, met a lot of awesome people and still meeting people. Um, trying to make as much of an impact on the people I've worked with, the interns I've worked with. And I, I don't wanna say they're under me but the the, the individuals I've worked with for sure. And then there are a lot of individuals are all, all over the place now. Sure, you can just find like the the family tree of CSP in every corner of the world. And uh, it's pretty awesome when you can yeah uh, you know, kind of like call somebody in Australia and then call somebody in a pro sport team and then call somebody and you know back home in New Jersey and say, "Hey, do you want to hang out?" Um, or do you want to chat for a minute? It's pretty pretty cool uh, you know, I feel pretty grateful that I can do that. So after I leave, I decide to do a manual therapy uh, schooling. And then uh, with that being said, I uh, just keep on... One of the big facets of CSP is learning and education, You know, trying to learn and push the boundaries of where the the industry is going. And a lot of individuals come to CSP with information or as staff, we would go out to other courses and then bring it back. So it's one or the other, it's kind of like a giving tree more or less, right? So education and the sciences, like you mentioned before, uh, they're, they're they're pretty important. Um, just to, you know, differentiate yourself, number one, and also to uh, provide better services for the individuals I work with. So I know I just talked yeah. for a little bit. but uh, No,
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. So now tell us, you know, so now you left CSP. So what are you doing now?
1: Yeah, so I'm in the Boston area still. Uh, I, I never understood when CSP always says we're, li- we're, we're in the greater Boston area. They're 45 minutes outside of Boston. That's not really outside of, uh, that's like, if you're in New York city and it's like, yeah, we're outside of New York city. You're like in Ithaca. It's like, Oh, oh well
0: I'm, that's like me. I'm in Croton.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm really. in
0: Westchester. I'm 45 minutes. Still 45 <laughs> minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh but, yeah. I'm like 15 minutes away. I have clients in the city after this. So I I'm in the city currently. Um, working in a few places uh, because I did another jump in 2020. I left another facility that I was at because for whatever it's worth, it's in my head, I always thought that I could do something on my own, but I've always been attached, not in a bad way, but attached Mm -hmm. to uh, another facility or sports performance place. So I said said to myself, let let me see what I can do on my own, especially with the uh, 2020 pandemic and all that uh, not fun stuff that happened there.
0: I think that's a really important distinction that I think a lot of people miss is that they forget that, you know, when you are starting, you know, when you're a trainer and taking your own clients or a strength and conditioning coach, you're building a business. Oh yeah. You've now become a business owner and not everyone wants to be a business owner. And there's a hundred, there's so much value in working with people who do want to be business owners.
1: Yeah. You know, I, 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 if I could have a person handle all the business and I'll do all this stuff, other stuff on my own, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I need to have systems. I need to have, you know, all the things that you probably do and talk about. Uh, <laughs> you know, systems for, yeah, 100%. I, I, yeah. I completely, the, the thing that I like to do is I like to find somebody that knows something that I don't know anything about and just listen to them. For nutrition, I have, I have no interest in learning more about nutrition. I just want to listen to somebody tell me what to do when I eat. Cause I could eat anything. I don't really care. Um, I'm, I'm blessed like that. Uh, long story short. So that's what that is. But when it comes to pr- profit and, and systems and business, I'd like to listen to somebody else as well. So that's where <laughs> I'm at with that. No, hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So what's the dream? What do you want to, what are you building? What's your end goal? Yeah.
1: I was still still building there. There's no like, you know, when I was 12, I've always wanted to own a business in the strength condition. Like that wasn't even a thing. So it, there was never really a dream. It the dream changes every like three months for me. I love so that. <laughs> um, I love that. You know, it's it's always a process of discovery. I'm I'm the first in my family to own a business. Um, you know, not not the first like to graduate college or anything wild like that, but owning a business is relatively like paying rents, paying things on time and not living on the streets, especially in the cold is really tough, uh, especially with everything going on. So um, I'm glad I have some sort of distinction with respect to the things that I do. I'm glad that I have some ability to kind of communicate the things that I want to communicate to the clients that I work with, whether or not they're general pop or high level athletes. Um, Because that's a big thing too, expressing the stuff that's in here to, you know, just like just like what it's to the masses yeah exactly so that's that's a big thing um communicating and expressing and uh you know sometimes you gotta go a little bit higher than where the individual wants and then bring it down to something like low level and very straightforward um so the dream for me at, at the end of the day you know is to work with you know high level athletes or even just regular athletes just everyday you know high school college athletes and try to get them better, uh, you know, 1% better every day. It's kind of the thought in my head. Um, there's this like a, uh, what is that? A law power, power numbers. I forget what the exact phrase was, but like, if you get 1% better every day, you're X amount better at the end of the year um, versus not getting anything. And, you know, that thoughts in my head every day. Uh, so the dream in my head right now is to st- stay, keep paying rent. Don't, don't miss anything uh, payment wise. Also try to Uh, you know, make some sort of profit towards the end of this year. That's probably the biggest piece in my head because last year was like the first real year that I was in business. I don't know if that, uh, I mentioned that part. Like I was like really, really in business last year. In 2021,
0: uh, 2021.
1: Correct. Cause I did late 2020. So I don't really count like the last two months of like 2020. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I was emailing. So this is, this is where I'm coming from in terms of like, I want to pay rent and make sure I don't lose anything there. I was emailing, anyone and everyone in the greater, greater Boston area, truly the greater Boston area. And I was like, Hey, do you have space for a strength coach or a manual therapist to provide services for your clients? More or less words. And I tried to preface it with who I was and just like I did with you earlier today. Mm -hmm. So that's where I was with that. And, you know, some said yes, some said no, some said they can find somebody and then they didn't get back to me. And, you know, I emailed maybe 20 people and then three, four got back to me and that's where I'm at now.
0: I love it. I mean, and in 2020, I mean, that is, yeah, that's pretty. Like
1: some of these individuals haven't even seen my face. Like that's how like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, going for, on. Sure. yeah. So. for
0: sure. For sure. For sure. Okay. So, you know, I, I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about, you know, one of the things that themes that I'm hearing from you is that your tenacity and resilience in really uh, <laughs> learning right? And, you know, pushing the envelope and what it is that you do know. I, I will, I will get back to the question, but are you still dancing?
1: Not as much, mm. not as much. Um, just cause it's super like intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you work with dancers? I do. And I have, yeah. At the end of the day, the biggest commonality with whomever I'm working with, whether it's an athlete, dancer, baseball player, or, you know, uh, a stay at home individual, everybody's kind of staying at home nowadays. So, um, is there human? Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're gaining new body parts. It's not like we're getting new things. Like once you understand the basic tenets of how humans move and how they can move, you can kind of apply it to a lot of individuals.
0: Mm, I love it. I love it. Uh, so who, I, I said, I would go back to the question and I will, but just real quest, real quick what's your favorite, like, who's your favorite to work with in terms of, like, goals? Are you like, do you like to work with athletes? Do you like to work with gen pop? Like, what's your favorite yeah. thing to work on?
1: Well, it's funny, because I, you know, each, each time of day, I work with somebody different, and uh, I do enjoy each part of my day. It's it's another thing also, is like, if, if I'm in business, and I'm just trying to make money versus, like, actually liking who I work with, it's, it, that's two different kind of regions there i, I want to like who i work with so i like who i work with adults wise you know they give me a, a, a sort of groundedness like whether or not something's working like they'll, they'll tell me and uh it, you can have real communication there with this individual the youth athletes i work with whether they're you know 14 to 18 or 19 they're just funny they're just funny they're like the kids nowadays are definitely i mean i'm not sure how much you interact with younger athletes or individuals they're definitely a different breed of individuals. Um, I have
0: a six-year-old and a four-year-old. So they're super young, <laughs> but I'm about to go into that territory of like, <laughs> wait, what? My nieces and nephews though. Some of the things I'm like, are you speaking English?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It keeps you young, I guess. Right. So. <laughs> definitely.
0: Anyway, so they're funny. So you just like, it's just a different, it's a different world working with them.
1: Specifically, athletes, football players, for whatever reason, are just really funny. I don't know why; they're just really funny. Baseball players, for some reason, get pretty intense. Um, it's 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 always like each each sport has a different culture, uh, and it's really interesting because like football players just generally are are relatively funny, and then uh, baseball guys like the pitchers, for whatever reason, they're super like they can either be super intense or I just know they're always like thinking about what they do, so there's like super like introverted. And then everyone else on the team is relatively extra, extroverted and they're just like, they're just more funny because you spend so much time with each other as an, uh, you know, as an athlete and you kind of like grow to bond as a team. So they, they all kind of know each other, they get comfortable and they get and they extend it towards me.
0: Mm, I love it. I love it. Okay, so back to the original question. I was I started to say is I forgot it. You know, is I I didn't ask it because oh. I kept going sidetracked. So now I'm gonna go back to it because I you know I hate open loops. Yeah. Um. So you know, one of the things that you do so well is research and learn, right? So yeah. what would you say to someone who was just starting out, right? And they're looking to leverage. And what I mean by leverage is you know, leverage your experience in terms of, you know, what can you fast track for them? What would you say to your young, your younger self? What would you want to teach them that would save you
1: some time? That's super tough now because, you know, as you know, social media was as prevalent as it was back in, you know, eight years ago, 10 years ago. So oh, uh, for sure. It was like, yeah, it was like, MySpace was just ending in like 2006, <laughs> seven, eight. So like, <laughs> that was like, oh,
0: you my oh my gosh, that you really <laughs> did date. Now, now you have dated yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I like, felt super cool to have like a college email so I could use
0: Facebook.
1: So it was, so, you know, you have this, uh, these social media that you know there's so many shiny things to look at so it's Mm -hmm. how do you do research when everything's you know shiny in the context of like look at me look at me um you know i i originally thought that i also needed to be shinier than the the next individual and when i first started my social media stuff so i was like getting into like design and understanding how to do that but you know the the biggest thing if i was going to talk to myself i would say is uh you know try to find this is exactly what i said you know i've had several journals that I wrote to myself as well is try to find the truth and then the truth of what, right? The truth of this part of the science, this part of the kind of uh, the expertise. Cause that's what each step in my journey of my life so far has led me to it's, you know, when I was dancing I always tried to find the most renowned dancer to work with in the area. And then same thing with, you know, strength conditioning I try to find the most renowned individual <clears throat> that I could at the time with the resources that I I had. Never go too far to like, you know, just try to offer services, try to offer time, try to offer, you know, even if it's like, hey, can I get you a cup of coffee, that sort of thing. Just so you can like grab two to three minutes of saying, uh, of a question with an individual and say, hey, where did you learn this one thing? Because that little piece of like, where can I learn this one thing will go much further than just reading something on social media because now you have a connection versus just absorbing the piece of information on social media and not connecting so so like that's like one aspect i don't don't think i've talked about in any of the podcasts that i've done in so many years ago but is is that connection piece because that's essentially the like the the connecting piece that I've had with all the individuals I've worked with and, and will continue to work with is, is having some sort of connection with them. So you have this piece of, you know, an individual or an expert, and then you can ask them this question that, you, you know, is, is organic. It's not a fake question. It's, it's, it's something that piques my curiosity. So I would say, follow the curiosity, follow the truth and, you know, try to, uh, offer something in the context of time, coffee, if you have that ability, something along those lines. So,
0: so I love that you talk about this concept of the truth, because I think that it is a nuanced conversation because when we're talking about truth, there are different approaches to getting to the truth, but oftentimes, especially when we're in this ecosystem of social media context, where it's just this echo chamber, there's a lot of, of, different approaches and dogmatic approaches to getting to the truth. So I'm curious what is your opinion and <laughs> thoughts on how yeah. you actually can stay both open and and you know learn the truth like how do you find it essentially?
1: There was this book from Ryan Holiday, he talked about another book. I forget the exact name but essentially It's a story about how this individual, an immigrant from a different country, I think somewhere in South America, I could be wrong, but the general tenet is he was buying bananas. And this was a big market for that time because, you know, I mean, early 1900s, food, you needed food. So it's not like you just go to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods and get food. It was like you had to go to the market. So this individual bought bananas at a reduced price because they were being sold because they were getting older, but they were cheaper, if that's the case. So he bought a bunch of them and then just brought them to a different market. So that's the premise. Where I'm going with this is he was now amassing so much money because he did that, that he was into the market of buying farms. So he was buying this one farm from another individual, but the the individual said, oh, you need to go to this part of the country to buy it. To buy to get the licensure and all the registration permits then another it was on it was on like a border so one part of the country said this is ours another part of the country said no this is ours so essentially two different individuals said we own this one piece of land so instead of catering and trying to get one person to say no this is correct and go through that judicial concepts blah 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 he just bought both <laughs> so there so there was no like mincing like i have both pieces of information I have both permits saying I own this land now so there's no one can say otherwise so that's where I I often come back to in my head of finding the tree just get both sides Mm -hmm. and listen to both sides and then make your own decision so if there's an individual that says no my approach works better and then another individual says no my approach works better I'm going to be like okay I see what both of you are doing I'm going to learn It's not like, you know, a 10 year journey learning, but it's like, I'm just going to learn even just a little bit of what you're saying and see if it holds water. So I can learn both sides of that, you know, whatever the topic may be. So you can understand and understand that like, okay, you have some truth here. You have some truth here. Both of you combined, you actually have only both of you have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but when you combine it, it actually is even better.
0: Yeah. And I also think that it, you know, that's such a good, that's that's such a good point and insight. And I think it also comes down to what I'm hearing you say is that you're looking for truth, not to be right, but truth to actually advance your client, for, truth to <laughs> advance results for your clients, right? Yep. It's not about like being right. It's about getting results, Yep. essentially. That's what I'm hearing you say when you're talking about the truth. Like what is going to get my client the fastest results?
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause, <laughs> cause you might, you exactly. Cause you know, if I'm paying an individual to teach me how to do something and then I have to buy, you know, something else from somebody else to learn what they do, I might lose a little bit in the short term, but then I would advance, you know, trifold in a month, two months, three months, I would advance much quicker by learning both of these methods. At the same time. Hmm.
0: Yes. Okay. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about like, what's your process. What are your, how do you carry someone through where they want to be to where they want to go?
1: So with uh, the athletes I work with, you know, I've, I did, I don't even know how many calls I did very recently in terms of, you know, new year, new you kind of things. But um, <laughs> <laughs> more or less in a good way, I've been swamped in a good way. I've been uh, losing some sleep, but um, the process of working, yeah, you understand. The <laughs> <right>. <laughs> It's crazy when it's like, it's actually like a good thing. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I, cause it's new year only happens in the new year. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. in August. So, mm-hmm. um, and With the athletes. So to build off of that, it doesn't happen in, in August, but the, the cool thing that I work with in athletes the they have different seasons. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's like a revolving door of like in the new year, I work more with like general population or just people who want to lift. I work with some athletes too, but spring training happens for baseball. So some Mm -hmm. individuals fall off because they, they work with their teams and all that stuff. So that door kind of closes for a little bit. And then summertime comes around, then more youth and college athletes come in and then fall time comes around. The pro guys are coming back. So it's like, there's always a revolving door of something new happening, especially if I keep that general population door open for myself. If I didn't otherwise, then I wouldn't again, be able to keep these lights on. So the process that I work with is very straightforward. I always like to describe that. This is literally what I've been saying ad nauseum this whole week, past weekend, all my calls. It's three okay. steps, three steps with an additional fourth. If you want to work either in person or online, it's, uh, comprises of, well, the individual comes to me with something. They either have some sort of pain or some sort of, sort of discomfort. They want to move past, right? I'm not, I'm not treating necessarily their pain, but I might be helping them get over it. So we're going to do an assessment, a physical assessment, movement assessment. I'm not checking reflexes, but I'm checking, can you move in this way in order to do the things you need to do? Uh, it often comes down to simple questions in terms of history of like, okay, you might have back pain. I might even not even ask them about lifting. The first thing I'll ask them is how's is it getting out of bed? Mm-hmm. How's it, how it getting out of the car? Do you have problems twisting and turning to do the dishes? It's, it's basic everyday stuff. Because if you can improve that, step one, it's like, okay, let's now talk about the gym because you need to do this stuff first without any pain before you start lifting crazy weights and all that stuff. So that's step one is do an assessment. The the second step is to do some sort of treatment. I typically lean lean towards, well, the treatment is going to be the treatment essentially, Um, whether it's doing manual therapy or some sort of exercise, you know, stretching drill, et cetera, just to get them where they need to be. And then recapping to them whether or not this worked or it didn't work so if it doesn't work guess what we're going to do we're going to go to another drill so i'm super agnostic to the the movement i just want to get it done because the third step is reassessment did it work so it's a three-step process of assessing treating reassessing so that's that's one area so that's like one service that i offer the the additional fourth step that i talked about earlier is based off of this stuff, do you want me to write you an exercise program? Because I can, because that's been my life for 10, nine, 10 years. And I can provide that in lieu of the pain that you are currently experiencing. We could still do these movements in the form of an exercise program. And then that whether or not they want to, that's obviously up to them, but that's, that's how it works.
0: Mm, I see. So what, what are, I had like three different questions I was going to ask you. (laughs) So I'm like, which one do I go through first? Okay. So, you know, as you're putting down this, you're, you're explaining this process and it sounds so simple, but I know that it comes from years of experience and education. (laughs) So, you know, what are the, uh, what are the common traps that you see people who are just starting out or they're trying to take com? you know, I think there is ease with simple which is what I love so what are some of the common traps that you see people fall into when they are learning complexities of movement and trying to apply it
1: I think so not even just going into the science but the logistics of it some some we might have something successful or even like semi-successful you know somebody might say yeah I'm not in pain anymore but my arm still does this when it click like it clicks I'm like well first stop doing that <laughs> that's the first thing <laughs> And then are you getting, do you feel better already? It's like, yeah. But then it's like, Mm -hmm. it's hard for them to conceptualize that they are already getting better after one or two treatments. The common trap that individuals fall into just in the industry alone, into this realm of things is that I need 10, 20 appointments or I need weekly appointments for a whole year. That may not be true, but it based on the, uh, how can I say? It's based on where the individual is coming from. They might've had a previous injury before, and now they go to a physical therapist, Cairo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they have 30 minute meetings with these individuals. And it's hard to get a lot done in 30 minutes or even 15 minutes. And they, that's the, the commonalities that they're used to. Versus when they work with me, I demand 60 to 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I take time. The first 20 minutes is me talking about their history or them talking to me. So 20 out of 30 minutes, and then you have five minutes left for treatment. That's really, that's really tough. So, um, that's, that's, I think that's a common kind of pitfall or trap when it comes to, you know, individuals, uh, working with me in that realm of things, the questions always come into like, what, what is too much? Is there too much to do? Is this kind of what you're asking? Is like, is there too many uh, times I can do this in a day? Is, is it, is that where you're going with it?
0: Well, either way, right? Just any of the common like things that you just see, like on my on my end, I tend to see people trying to learn everything and feel like, oh, I just need to be the best. I need to get I all see, the I certifications. See. Oh, I need I see to do from blah, the blah 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 And it, trainer or physical therapy, right? I feel like a lot of time physical therapists are like, I can only take insurance. Yeah.
1: Okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So, you know, if we're talking, I was talking more from the client's pitfalls, is what i was saying. Um From the trainer and professional's perspective, I think uh, the the biggest question that I can ask, I've, I've asked this so many times to the interns that I've worked under, you know, I've worked with interns for four and a half years and every year we get about six fresh interns. So 18 times, you know, four and a half, four and a half, whatever that number is, 60 something, 60, 70 individuals. Each one I've asked this question to of what do you want? Cause they go into the internship process of a strength conditioning facility and they just go because of so many different reasons, the accolades, the learning, the this, the that. But when I ask them specifically, like we're sitting down like this and I say, okay, what do you want out of this? What do you want for yourself? Then it's super tough because uh-huh. they just don't know what they want. They just want to be around. And sometimes some individuals say, I just want to be here. I'm like, okay, cool. That works. You know, if they just want to be, that's that's something that I was doing too, because I was super young into the game. I was like, yeah, I just want to be here and just enjoy the surrounding environment because I don't know what's going on. Otherwise, I'm just going to be happy I'm here. Otherwise, people don't know what they want. So, you know, figure out what you want, number one. That's a common pitfall. If you don't, like, why are you taking an educational route if you don't know what you want? Um, something I said to so many people, like friends and family and everything, I always said uh, at, at the end of the day, you know, with the, the vastness of the internet and and my compare the, the vastness of the internet plus my stubbornness, I always say that I don't think I needed to go to college. Um, so that, that's a big thing that's, you know, not, I, I guess so many years ago, it was tough to say, but like now it's everyone saying, oh, don't go to college and this and that. But where I'm going with that is I didn't know what I wanted at first. So I stuck with it though, but and then eventually I kept on, you know, snowballing effect to something larger. But, you know, if you, if you find out what you want, then you could make and plan for how you want to get there. That's a, that's a really straightforward, I, I'm trying to be as straightforward as possible, because you can reverse engineer what you want. You know, if you want to be the best fat loss coach ever, you got to go to some people to figure out what it means, or, or you got to figure it out for yourself or, um, you know, and learn the science if you need to learn the science or learn the psychology if you need to learn psychology. Like, there's, there's different ways to go about it. And I'm sure you understand mm-hmm. that part of it.
0: I do. I do a lot and I think that I think that what you what you started with in terms of, you know, know what you want and make the decision. And I think to me the added part to that is make a decision and be okay with changing your mind, right? You're what happens is so many people want to just get it right. Oh, you know, or they're using their context Like, oh, my family said I had to do this. I have to go to <laughs> college. I have to do blah, blah, blah. Right. There's all these stories and reasons that they have around not making a decision or making a decision and, feel it, and then sticking to it, not giving themselves permission to let it go out the window. If say, hey, I loved breakdancing and now I'm ready to move on and learn some <laughs> manual therapy. Right. Yeah. I think that there's a lot. It, it, sometimes the easiest, the most simple path is the hardest to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
0: So it's amazing. You know, it's fun. Go ahead.
1: No, I just, and the the other side of it is um, going off of what you're talking about, you know, the simplest path there is, is probably the hardest thing to do. But um, once you understand that path, it's like, okay, you can, you can wake up every day and you know, this is where I'm going with it. This is where I'm going with it. So you know my path you know you asked a couple question a couple uh, minutes ago is like what's the dream it's like well i just wake up and i know i'm going to work and help help people like that's the dream at the moment it's not to own a facility cuz then that is an exorbitant amount of overhead at the moment and that i don't have the ability to cover cuz i i literally like i said i literally just started like last year so i don't have that capital right now so where i'm going with this is if you wake up every day you know what you want then you can work towards it that's that's like a big big step that not many people have that ability um or that that uh that thought process rather not they don't have the ability you have to build that ability um the next thing is on that side of it if you know what you want now you can like do the fun part of of doing the things that you want which is the which is the whole part it's the whole point um and in my case i wanted to you know reverse engineer what it meant to you know work with high level athletes and work with Individuals on so many different skill sets, um, and not just be the big a big part of what I wanted to do is yes I wanted to be a strength coach um, eventually, but the really interesting thing is I know that just lifting weights is not going to get an athlete to where they need to be. Is, does that part make mm-hmm. sense? It's really yes. tough to mm-hmm. kind of uh, conceptualize because we see things uh, from you know the mainstream media. Uh, where individuals, like I saw a Buffalo Bills article saying that they don't back squat during the off season, uh, during, during the in season, because it it may, it just like bogs them down or it it fatigues them. So we see articles that are written about what pro pro athletes do. But then the funniest part is like, I can literally go to work later today and like talk to these athletes and say, what did you do with your team instead? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you're cutting the noise because there's no more noise to even worry about. There's just no fog of, of this mystery, mysterious, like, what are the teams doing? It's like, we can just talk to them. Um, once you get to that level, now it's like, okay, I understand that lifting alone won't get them to where they need to go. They need to do some other stuff. And, and that comes in the form of skills. That comes in the forms of, of mentality that that might come in the form of recovery. Sometimes individuals do too much. Um, LeBron, well, especially James, at that level. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, these to to kind of take a, a detour away from the original conversation, but pro athletes uh, in basketball, you have uh, uh, 82 games in a year. in Baseball, you got 162. You got a lot of games um, mm-hmm. in football. You only have 16 weeks, but you, you're literally hitting each other uh, each each play. So it's, it's pretty tough, right? It's pretty tough. Um, no wonder they're funny. The average, <laughs> the average <laughs> yeah, whether by whether by uh, <laughs> on purpose, yeah. So, uh, you know, the average age of, uh, the average career span of, a, of an NFL athlete is three years, not even right. It's under mm-hmm. three years. So, you know, somebody like Tom Brady, who, whether you just retired or not, retired. or whether, I don't know what you did or not, like, you know, ESPN saying otherwise now, but, uh, it, otherwise it's, he's been going for, I don't even know how many years, 20 something, I think could be, could be a little less, but still where I'm going with this is, um, you know, you learn what these athletes need to do to get better. And then you find out that what I originally thought they needed to do does not match what they actually need to do to get better or stay healthy. And that's where the manual therapy came in. So I wanted to help in that realm if that kind of closes that loop, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, it does. And and it also came down to the decision of you wanting to work at that level. I think there's so much, you know, I think that people have this vision that they're just going to work. They want to work with pro athletes because that's the top, but that's, you can, you can work, you can have a very lucrative and be the go-to PT (laughs) manual therapist in your area. If that's, Uh, You know, and work with the population that you want to work with. It's not really about like hitting any accolades. It's about who do you want to serve because it's really going to require a level of specificity, whether it is an athlete uh, and, and depending on what type of athlete or it's, you know, Um, A stay at home mom or working mom or, or CEO or whoever it is that you want to work, you want to work with. I think ultimately it also comes down to who you want to
1: work with. hundred percent. Cause then once you understand who you want to work with, there's like, I'm, I'm big fan of like the number three, like there's three things. It's like, once you understand who you want to work with, what you want to do in that realm, then, you know, the steps to get there and like what to do about it. So like with that said, I mean, I know what I'm going to do about it. So
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Right. And then, you know, people make decisions based on like, oh, well, there's only X amount of spots or, you know, if, you know, everyone's talking about it, but I just always go back to the stats and the numbers just don't lie in the sense of you know, fitness is $1.2 billion industry. And yet only 12% of Americans are metabolically flexible. Like you can't tell me that. And you know, how many of those people are, you know, moving in pain or not, you know, not moving because of pain. There's just an infinite amount of people to help.
1: hundred percent. And you know, whenever I'm uh, trying to communicate things on social media or even in person, I just want to express like, again, going back to the truth, like these are the things that I know. Here are the things we're going to do. Let's go do it. Like, it, there's no mincing of words. There's no, like, fanciness about it. It's like, let's just try this, get to where we need to go, and then move on from there. Mm-hmm. So I've always tried to be as super straightforward as possible. And I hope that kind of comes across, especially with everyone I've worked with.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. So I definitely want to be mindful of your time. So for those of you who want to go deeper on this conversation with you, hang (laughs) out with you, where are the best places I should send them?
1: Uh, I have every social media, uh, account name of Migsy Bogues. I'm on everything. Uh, love it. Okay. M -M I G G S Y B O G U E S at Migsy Bogues on everything. Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, just about everything.
0: Okay, cool. So we'll, we'll link all that up and we'll come send them your way. So thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Definitely. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels.